Attention! This makes absolutely no sense. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Sanders Facts. What is going on, everyone? Welcome into the latest edition of the Xander's Facts Podcast. I am, of course, the aforementioned Xander. It is episode 60, the big 6-0 of the podcast, and we are releasing this episode on a very special day of the year. It is Wednesday, April 20th, or as some of you might know, 420! Calm down, bruh. If you know what I mean, that is today, Xander's Facts Podcast on 420. It is episode 60. We are 60 episodes into this podcast. That is incredible. And just to remind you, before we get going on this week's edition of the podcast, remember to follow or subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to your podcast. If you have enjoyed the Xander's Facts podcast so far and you think you're going to enjoy all the facts that we've got on this episode because I have got plenty to share, download this episode, episode 60, and download all the other episodes. You can download them for a day and then delete them off your phone or your computer or wherever. But download them on every device you got and then delete them the next day. I don't care. Are you sure? Then rate the podcast and review the podcast. And then if you're on your socials, because you always are, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all those, go to Xander's Facts. Search Xander's Facts. That's Xander with a Z. Like, follow, subscribe, whatever. And then, most importantly, tell all your friends about the podcast. It's called Spread the Facts. Tell everyone you know to download the podcast, and then the next day, delete the podcast, and then re-download the podcast. There you go. Support the facts. Sanders Facts Podcast. And if you can't tell, I am stalling. Duh. Because we've only got one main topic for the podcast this week. I said last week and on Xander's Weekend Facts that Dr. Bobby was going to come on to talk about Ukraine and all that stuff, our Ukraine expert. By the way, if you haven't listened to those episodes, there's two past episodes we have with Dr. Bobby. Go listen to those. But he is actually not going to be on the podcast this week. He's going to be on in two weeks to talk about everything that's been going on with Ukraine because that is a big deal. And you know you're going to get the facts from Xander's Facts Podcast. So we got to talk about We're going to talk about that on our next episode, which comes out in two weeks because next week we're taking a week off. Again, we've been taking a bunch of weeks off. However, lots of things have been going crazy in the life of Xander's Facts. So hopefully that's going to die down by next month and then hopefully... We'll be able to get on a more consistent basis for this podcast. Dad, Xander's spreading lies. But we'll see, because there's a lot of stuff to talk about. And you're getting Xander's Weekend Facts every single week in your inbox, hopefully, because you've subscribed the week's top headlines from Xander's Facts, so you know you're getting the facts every Sunday morning in your email inbox. You need to sign up for that if you have not. Xander's Weekend Facts, that is in this episode's description, the link that you can sign up, and it's free. Doesn't cost you any money. Is it actually? Yet. I'm just playing around. Xander's Facts Podcast. This week, we are talking about something in Europe. We're not talking about Ukraine. That's in two weeks. This week, we are talking about France. Because if you haven't heard, there's a big election going on right now in France. And even if you don't live in France, like Xander, you might live in the US, you might want to care. Why? Well, let's talk about it. The French presidential election. Election season's coming up in America this fall. Going to be midterms. We're going to talk about that this podcast. But election season is in full force right now across the pond in France. The French presidential election is set to conclude this Sunday after the French voted in the first round of the election last week. You may remember back in the fall when we broke down the German elections on this podcast. And if you don't, 
that's okay because next week Xander's Facts flashback is going to be that segment we did on the German election. So you won't have to do all the work of scrolling down on the podcast feed to find that episode from back in September because it's going to be at the top of your podcast feed next Wednesday. Remember to check that out. Stay on track. But this week, we are talking about the French elections. The French president, Emmanuel Macron, is seeking re-election for a second five-year term as president, while his opponent, who is on the far right, looks to dramatically shift France to the right. Rude! So we gotta talk about this thing. It is time to take a look at this Sunday's French election how it works, and why it matters, even if you don't live in France or Europe. It matters if you live in France, but even if you don't, it matters. I'm going to tell you why. So let's get this thing started, and let's start off with how French elections work. This is the French presidential election, and the way that the presidential election works in France is in some ways similar to the U.S., and in other ways, it's different. If you remember Germany's elections from that segment a couple months back, they elected the Bundestag, which is the parliament, and the majority party in the Bundestag selects the chancellor, which is the highest ranking official in Germany. That is not the way it works for France. While France does have a parliament, the French National Assembly, which is the lower house, and the Senate, which is the upper house, the parliament in France does not select the leader. France also has a prime minister, but the prime minister is actually appointed by the president. It's true! However, it's actually in the president's interest to appoint a prime minister of the majority party in the National Assembly, since the governing body can dismiss the prime minister's government. They have the power to do that. That portion of the government is similar to Germany and the UK, but unlike those countries... The person who was appointed by the parliament is not the highest-ranking government official. The president is in France, and in France, the president is not elected by the parliament. So the French National Assembly elections are held separately in a separate two-round system. Those will actually be held this year, later in June. Current President Macron's party currently holds the majority in the lower house, And the Senate elections, those were held in 2020. They serve for six-year terms like here, with half of those senators getting elected every three years, so the next elections for that will be in 2023. But for the presidential election in France, that consists of two rounds. Kind of like the U.S., even though we don't kind of think of it as a two-round election, because if we thought of it that way, the primary, the presidential primary, Democratic primary, Republican primary, would be the first round, and the second round would be the general election. It's kind of different, though, in France, because there are right now not two dominant parties. There were not as dominant as the Republicans and Democrats in the U.S., but right now there's really not two dominant parties in France. So members of several parties make the first ballot. However, each party can only have one name on the first round ballot, so several parties do have their own primaries to decide who would get on the ballot for their party. That's what some of those parties did. If any one candidate had gotten 50% or more of the vote in the first round, they would have won the election outright. There wouldn't have been a need for a second round. How about that? However, that did not happen, and that's where it differs from the U.S. because obviously we have the first and second round because the first round's a primary. You can't win outright in the primary. You have to go to the general election. And in France, they have always had the second round under their current system. That has actually never happened under the current election system in the French Fifth Republic, which was established in 1958, 
when Charles de Gaulle was elected in an electoral college system that year before the current system was adopted for the 1965 election, which de Gaulle also won in France. Good to know. There's some historical facts for you. So in total, this election, there were 12 candidates that appeared on the ballot. They spanned the spectrum all the way from the far left to the far right. So eight of those 12 got less than 5% of the vote. And those candidates were as follows, Nathalie Arthund from the Workers' Struggle Party, which is communist, Felipe Poutou, who was from the new anti-capitalist party, which is far left, Anne Hidalgo, who was from the Socialist Party, which is center-left. She is also the mayor of Paris. She's been the mayor of Paris since 2014. She is the first female mayor of Paris. How about that? Nicolas Dupont-Aignan, who was from the Beau de France Party, which is right-wing, Fabienne Roussel, who is from the French Communist Party, which is far left, Jean Lesalle, who is from Resistance, a party he founded, Yannick Jabot, from Europe Ecology the Greens, which is a left party, and Valérie Pécresse, who is of the Republicans Party, which is a center-right party, and that, along with the Socialist Party, was one of two former major political parties in France. And that candidate got less than 5%, which is the party's worst result ever under the current system. Uh-oh. So all those candidates, all eight of those, received 5% or less of the vote, and Eric Zemmour from Reconquille Party, from the far right, got 7%. So now you see why I only did one main topic today, because I spent the whole time while I was preparing for this podcast trying to learn the pronunciations of these names and these parties, and of course, it probably didn't help because I probably got all this wrong anyway. True that! However, down to the top three candidates now. The third candidate actually got much more of the vote than expected. That candidate from La France Insoumise, a left-wing party, Jean-Luc Mélenchon, received 21.95% of the vote after he was expected to receive much less. And that put him only 1.2% below second place. And in France, as I said, if no candidate receives over 50% in the first round, the top two candidates based on first round vote percentage advance to the second round of the election which is held two weeks after the first round. Those two candidates are Marie Le Pen from the National Rally Party, far right, and the current president of France, Emmanuel Macron, from his own party that he founded, Les Républiques en March. That's probably not how you say it at all. But that was the first round. First round took place last Sunday, April 10th. The second and final round of the French presidential election is taking place this Sunday, April 24th. That is how French presidential elections have worked, as I said, since 1965, which was the second overall election under the French Fifth Republic, which they are under now. Too many facts. So, those two candidates, Le Pen and Macron, they are the two who are going to be on the ballot on Sunday. So, who are they? Let's take a closer look at the two candidates, and let's start with the current president of France, Emmanuel Macron, who is looking to become the first president to be re-elected in France since President Jacques Chirac in 2002, who, in that 2002 election, won in the largest landslide result ever in a French presidential election, which also has ties with the other candidate, which we're going to discuss in a second. So Macron first won the presidency in 2017 when he also faced Marie Le Pen in the second round. That year was also the first time that a sitting president in France did not seek re-election. How about that with Francois Hollande 
of the Socialist Party not running after he won in 2012. That year, Macron finished first. In the first round, he got 24% of the vote. This year, he received 27.85% of the vote. So if Macron wins, it will be the last campaign that he runs for president, at least, because French presidents can only serve two terms, like in America. But in France, they have five years on their terms instead of four. That's nice. So Macron, as I said, started his own political party, the Republique in March, or L-R-E-M for short, that was founded by Macron in 2016, with Macron classifying the party as a progressive movement to unite the left and the right in France. And I would say that's pretty impressive. That's pretty good for a party to win its first ever presidential election in an established system. I mean, that'd be like if a new party started up and won the presidential election in America. Of course, it'd be a lot harder because, you know, two-party system, all that junk. That was dumb. So during his almost five years as president of France, Macron has undertaken several reform efforts, including anti-corruption, pensions, and labor policy efforts. His approval ratings are not that high, but that is typical in modern-day France. His current approval rating of about 45% is actually the highest it has been since the first year of his presidency. That's his average right now. And his largest blunder of his presidency may have been the proposed fuel tax, which set off a bunch of protests in France. You remember the Yellow Vest protests back in 2018. However, he has also been a proponent of keeping France in NATO and the EU while also pushing reforms in the European Union. So that's Emmanuel Macron, the current president of France. Macron's opponent in the election is a familiar one, Marie Le Pen. Le Pen was the second most vote-getter in the first round of this election and the 2017 election. And in 2017, she received 21.30% of the vote. This time, she received 23.15% of the vote. And Le Pen is the leader of the far-right National Rally Party, which was founded by her father, Jean-Marie Le Pen, in 1972 as the National Front Party. Remember I was talking about that blowout in 2002? He was on the losing end of that 2002 second round blowout election. It's a fact. She has served in the French National Assembly since 2017, and she is an extremely polarizing figure, similar to Donnie Boy in America. But she's in France. She is seen as far-right in ideology and has several controversial opinions, including she has repeatedly discussed removing France from NATO and the EU, even as the Russian invasion of Ukraine has continued making those organizations even more important. Regarding the invasion, Le Pen has condemned the war, but previously was very close to Russia and Russian's president Vladimir Putin, and has stated that Russia could soon become an ally of France once again. Le Pen has also stated tough positions on immigration, wanting to limit immigrants and refugees into France, but has called to welcome Ukrainian refugees. She has also said that Ukraine should not join the EU, and she wants France to leave the Eurozone. She also wants to replace the World Trade Organization and abolish the International Monetary Fund. Those are just some of the things. She has said a bunch of crazy things. Yeah, boy! She is actually probably... One of the most sane people in her party. She had to kick her father out of the party because he was a racist. Sorry, not sorry. So those are kind of the two candidates. And some of the biggest issues in this election are including the immigrant population in France, which is now above 10% 
of the total population, which is the highest it has probably ever been. Inflation, which is not just an issue in the U.S., by the way, that's a worldwide issue, not just Biden's fault. The cost of living has actually been polled as the most important issue in this election. So it's not just America, it's France, and it's everywhere, frankly, too. So with all that, now you know the background. Why do these elections matter in France, and what is the likely outcome? So, what does this mean? Why is this important? Well, the outcome could probably have huge ramifications for Europe and the world. Not so much if Macron wins, it's probably going to be the same. But if Le Pen pulls out a victory, that could disrupt the balance of power in the West, potentially. Because France is one of the EU's most powerful leaders, now that the UK left, for whatever knows... It would be a blow to the EU and NATO if Le Pen is able to get her way, because France is a major part of the EU, one of their policy leaders, and is a founding member of the European Union as well. And since France has been a huge proponent of Ukraine, it would be in their interest, and in the interest of Ukraine supporters, for Macron to win and not risk a Le Pen presidency. You don't even know what you're going to get there, because Donnie Boy wanted to pull the US out of NATO, which is... Not a good idea! Judge Xander. And actually, I'll just tell you that Putin was probably waiting for Trump to get reelected, Donnie boy, you know, so that he could pull the U.S. out of NATO, so NATO would be weak and all that stuff, so you could invade Ukraine and it'd be a lot easier. But now that didn't happen, so he just wouldn't go ahead anyway. That's a theory. Possibly a fact-filled theory. If you say so. Also, France is facing a similar situation now to what the U.S. did in 2020 with their kind of general election. The right-wing candidate... And the moderate candidate. You all know who was who. Of course, in the U.S., the right-wing candidate was the incumbent, and the U.S. election is probably going to be closer than the French election is going to be. And France is, on the world stage, an extremely important country. It has over 67 million people living in the country. It has the seventh largest economy. It is one of five permanent members of the U.N. Security Council, and it is the most visited country in the world. How about that? These are facts. So ultimately, we're not going to find out the result until after the polls close on Sunday night in France, which is probably going to be late in the afternoon here in the US. So what is most likely going to be the outcome? Well, it would appear, Sanders facts, as though Macron is going to be re-elected at the moment. Macron received a higher percentage of the vote in the first round than the last election. In 2017 second round, he defeated Le Pen with 66% of the vote. Now the polls show a closer race than last time, but Macron's lead appears to be widening as of late. The polls in the last two weeks, they showed a close race. Macron was only leading by about a few points. It was really close. However, there's a common saying regarding French politics, which is that the French vote with their heart in the first round, and in the second round, they vote with their head. And recent polls show that that saying is correct, because Macron's lead has expanded, and there is a debate, which is scheduled for tonight, Wednesday night, in France, probably be in the afternoon here in America. And with Le Pen's rhetoric not dying down, and Macron not exactly in the worst position, and having done I would say a decent job as the president of France. I would expect Macron to win by a sizable margin. Maybe not as large as the 33-point margin that he won by in 2017, 
but I think it would be likely that Macron is going to roll to victory. Cool facts, bro. So that is the French presidential election. And after that, as I said, the parliament elections in France for the National Assembly will be held in June in France. And we are just entering primary season here in the United States. The midterm elections, if you didn't know, it's a midterm year, will be held in November. Control of the House and the Senate are going to be up for grabs, along with several governorships. It's going to be exciting. And of course, you're going to want to stay tuned to the Xander's Facts podcast for the next few months because we are going to be talking about the midterms constantly and all the races that you need to be watching. We're going to talk about all that throughout the next few months on the Xander's Facts podcast because it's going to be very interesting what happens. It's going to be exciting. No, no, not. Election season in France. It is just starting in the U.S. The primaries, you need to find out when your local primary is in your state because those are coming soon in Texas. They already had their primaries, so they already know who's going to be running in November. But other states, that's going to be happening in the next weeks and months. So there you have it. The French presidential election. Now you know all about it. You've probably been hearing about it in the news a lot. But now you know everything you need to know about France and their presidential election, which is happening this Sunday, because you learned it here on the Xander's Facts podcast. And you now you know why it's important, even if you don't live in France. And if you do live in France, you should go vote on Sunday. And if you live in France and you're a registered voter, you probably will. Because in the first round, 74% of registered voters voted, which is... A lot compared to a certain country, which would happen to be the one I'm in right now, the United States, where we had record voter turnout for the 2020 election. Like, it was higher than it has been in a long time, because that was a big-time election. 66.2% of registered voters turned out. In France, they're calling it a down-year in turnout. They got almost 10% over that. So I'm just saying. But France's system also sounds a lot better in some ways than ours. Like in France, actually the person with the most votes wins the presidency. I know that's hard to believe sometimes, like in 2000 and 2016 in the U.S., when the person who actually got the most votes did not win the presidency because of something called an electoral college, which is instituted for stupid reasons because it was back in the day we had the electoral college and it was slavery and all that stuff and the three-fifths compromise and the electoral college is probably inherently racist and we probably should get rid of it for even more reasons than that because it is a horrible way to predict a president because sometimes the president with the most votes does not win. Why does a vote in Wyoming count 13 times, way more times as much as a vote in California? That makes absolutely no no sense. You want to say with the Electoral College, well, the smaller states need to have a voice. They have too big of a voice. Someone who's voting in Wyoming should not have a bigger say than someone who's voting in New York or Texas or Florida or California. And that's what's happening because, well, actually, we don't need to get rid of the Electoral College because we could dramatically expand the number of Electoral College votes, which we could do by expanding the House, which we actually need to do, which I don't know why I'm going on this random tangent. Random alert! But... You see where I'm going, I'd rather have France's system than ours. I'm just saying, because it also promotes third parties, because I don't think anyone anymore just wants the two-party main system of the Republicans and Democrats. Everyone's like, well, I'm going to vote for the person who's least bad. Well, we could vote for the person who's the best if we had a system where we could actually vote for like 12 people in the first round, and then the top two would go to the runoff. Like, that would make more sense. Like in France. I just... What do you mean, breathe, breathe? Don't tell me to breathe. What do you mean, breathe, breathe? 
Don't tell me to breathe. There you go. French presidential election and Xander's rants. That's the main topic we've got this week. Episode 60 of Xander's Facts Podcast. But I've got some little supplementary topics that I just wanted to touch base on. Because this was kind of a short podcast. We've been doing long podcasts recently. And we've only got one big topic this week. So I just got a couple things here in the sports world. Let's start with what we talked about last week. Which was with our Xander's Facts NBA analyst, Hillbilly. The NBA playoffs. Please. Those are going on this week. And if you haven't, you need to go listen to last week's episode of the Xander's Facts podcast, episode 59, our Xander's Facts NBA analyst. Hillbilly came on to the podcast as we previewed the playoffs and the play-in. We previewed these first round games, which are going on right now, and we made our picks for who's going to win the finals. So you need to go listen to that. You also need to go to the Xander's Facts Instagram page and check out the very fancy Xander's Facts NBA Playoffs bracket that I made. Original. So that you'll be informed on social media as well. And that'll be updated to keep you updated on the NBA Playoffs. Now, I just wanted to give you a quick update for the playoffs. As they stand right now, Wednesday morning after the game's Tuesday night, let's take a look. Because last week was the play-in round. And on Saturday, the first round started. Actually, It was the most watched opening playoff weekend for the NBA in 11 years, I believe. The Nets-Celtics Sunday afternoon game on ABC was the most watched first round playoff game in 20 years. Like, it was pretty crazy. Everybody was watching. But if you weren't, for whatever reason, I'm here to update you on what is going on. Let's take a look at what's going on in the first round of the NBA playoffs right now. We had three games that were on last night, Tuesday night. First off was the Heat and the Hawks. The Heat beat the Hawks by 10 points, so the Heat lead the Hawks by two games to none, heading into Atlanta for Game 3, which is going to be Friday. Miami kind of smoked them in the first game. Not so much in the second game. They still did win, but it looks like Miami's going to advance over Atlanta. Atlanta's the eighth seed because they won the second round of the Eastern Conference play-in. Then, also on Tuesday, the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves got a surprising win in Game 1 in Memphis against the Grizzlies, but the Grizzlies stormed back. They beat up the Timberwolves in Game 2, so the Grizzlies and Timberwolves are tied 1-1 in the West. The Grizzlies are the two-seed. Timberwolves are the seven-seed. That series now heads to Minnesota for games three and four. And then we had the Pelicans and the Suns, the late game last night in the West, the 1v8. The Suns are, of course, the first seed, the best team in the NBA, according to record, as you would know, because we talked about that last week on the podcast, which you should go listen to. Same as Bog. So the Suns won game one of that series, but the Pelicans actually won game two. Very interesting. So that series is tied at 1-1. Hmm. Tonight, there are a couple games that you might want to focus on. At 7 o'clock on TNT, oh my gosh, Nets and Celtics. Now, there was a reason that that Nets-Celtics game was the most watched game in the first round in 20 years. Because it was an incredible game, back and forth, and the ending of that game by the Celtics was absolutely incredible. Jason Tatum breaking through, driving down the right side, catches the ball, nice pass by the way, spinning around Kyrie Irving, lays it up, the Celtics are down by one point, 
as time expires, they win the game by one point. Oh my gosh, it was absolutely incredible. On the money! And that series should be really good. And game two, which should be another great game, is tonight at 7 o'clock. The Celtics lead that series 1-0. The Sixers and the Raptors, game three is tonight at 8 o'clock on NBA TV. Philadelphia has smoked Toronto in the first two games. It has not been pretty. I don't know who picked the Raptors to go to the Eastern Conference Finals on this podcast. At least it wasn't me. However, both of us on this podcast did pick the Raptors to beat the Sixers, which does not look like it's going to happen. But the Raptors are kind of out of sync right now. They do have Scotty Barnes, who got injured. It has been rough. And Tyrese Maxey has gone off in the first two games for the Sixers, so they've been rolling. But Game 3 shifts the series to Toronto, Canada, the Sixers lead the series 2-0. And then 9.30 on TNT tonight, the Bucks and the Bulls. Game 2, the Bucks lead the series 1-0 over the Bulls in Milwaukee. Bucks did not look so great in that game against the Bulls on Sunday night, but they do have the series lead 1-0 because they won the game and they should probably beat up the Bulls. Like, I mean, come on. So then Thursday, we've got some other games, including two more series we haven't talked about, the Mavericks and the Jazz. That one is interesting because I was surprised to learn when Hillbilly said last week that the Mavericks were this big deal in the West. They have the best record in the West percentage-wise after the All-Star break. That's a fact! But that has mainly been due to Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic was injured in the final game of the regular season. He did not play in the first two games of this series, but the Mavericks pulled out the second game. The series is tied 1-1 to as the series shifts to Utah. The Jazz are the fifth seed. The Mavericks are the fourth seed in the West. So game three is going to be Thursday. And then the late game on Thursday is the Warriors and the Nuggets. The Warriors are looking, I don't want to say unbeatable, but they are looking really good. Jordan Poole scored 29 points for them. Jordan Poole, they've still got Andrew Wiggins. Oh yeah, Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, they're all back. Like, I don't don't know who can beat this team. The Suns. I did pick the Suns to win, but I don't know. The Warriors look amazing, and that Western Conference Finals, if the Suns and the Warriors make it there, is going to be amazing to watch because the Warriors look really good. The Suns don't look so good, but We'll see. But the Warriors have beaten the Nuggets twice, so Game 3 takes that game to Denver. Golden State leads the series 2-0. So, that is an updated look at the NBA playoffs as of Wednesday morning, Wednesday 420. Yum! As the first round of the NBA playoffs is underway, and of course you can watch the NBA playoffs throughout the next few months on ESPN, ABC, TNT, and NBA TV. Oh boy, it's interesting. But before we go... I just gotta let you all know, you're gonna hate me for this. You dummy! But there's some interesting stuff going on with soccer right now, especially in the Premier League, because there is a title race in the Premier League right now. The top two teams, Man City and Liverpool. Man City currently has the one-point advantage over Liverpool right now. Those two teams just played two weeks ago. They drew 2-2. And then the next week they played again, but that was in the FA Cup, which is the domestic cup, which is a different competition. Liverpool won 3-2, so Liverpool moves on to the final of the FA Cup because that was the semifinal, and they face our good old bud, Christian Pulisic, and Chelsea. Oh, boy. What a time to be alive. One of the greats. Chelsea is currently in third in the Premier League. Looks like that's where they're going to stay. 
Chelsea has had some turmoil off the pitch because their ownership situation, because their owner is a Russian oligarch. So he's being forced to sell the team. And it looks like it's going to be an American group that buys the team. Most likely it's going to be Todd Bowley, who is the co-owner of the Lakers and the Dodgers, which will be interesting for Chelsea. And also for Chelsea, they announced on Tuesday, I was very excited about this, that in the preseason in July, Chelsea is going to be coming stateside. In Orlando, they will play Arsenal for a game of the Florida Cup Series in July, and they will also play two other matches. Reportedly, they have not announced this yet, but reportedly they're going to be in Charlotte and Vegas. They're just going to be preseason matches, but you know, I gotta go. Someone hooks Xander's facts up with a journalist credential. Spitting the truth. So that's Premier League. Now the Champions League is also going on. That is also going to the semifinals. The FA Cup is going to the final between Liverpool and Chelsea, which was also the final of the Carabao EFL Cup, which was earlier. Liverpool won that in penalties. That, you know what? That went nil-nil. It went to penalties. It went to like 11 to 10 or 10 to 9 penalties. Like, that's crazy. So Chelsea, the boys in blue, are going to be looking for some revenge when that game takes place in May. Now, the Champions League, UEFA, this is all of Europe. The semifinals start at the end of this month in into May. And in the semifinals, you've got Liverpool against Villarreal the Spanish team who won the Europa League last year. And then on the other side, you've got Manchester City and Real Madrid. Real Madrid beat Chelsea in the quarterfinal. The reigning champions, they're not going to be reigning champions anymore. It's very sad. But this year, you know what? There's a lot of turmoil. It's a lot of chaos, you know. They'll be back at it next year. Nice try, buddy. But that'll be interesting because if Liverpool and Manchester City win their semifinals, they're going to be meeting in the Champions League final. Like last year, when two Premier League teams were in the final, it was Manchester City and Chelsea. It could be Liverpool and Man City. And I don't know who I'm going to root for, because I just cannot do it with Liverpool. Pep Guardiola, though, eh, might become a stateside coach for the U.S. next few years. I don't know. Don't at me. What are you talking about? So while that's going down, and then at the end of the month of May is the Champions League final. And next month, we're going to have back on the podcast... Our Xander's Facts soccer guru, Emma Adams, EPA, she's going to be coming back on the podcast to detail everything that's going on in soccer, including we're going to have an early preview of the World Cup because we are going to be covering the World Cup extensively when it kicks off in November on this podcast because the U.S. are in it. And the U.S. have got some big matches against Iran, against England. That match against England is going to be very interesting because it's England, blech. And it's going to be on Black Friday at 2 o'clock Eastern, which is basically a holiday, the day after Thanksgiving, so everybody's going to be home watching. I mean, come on, that's big time to impress. Plus, England is terrible. Let's just say that right now. Beat him in 1776, beat him again. This is true. So there you go. That's all my little tangents I got on the podcast. Zader's Facts, I think that's all I got for you on this week's edition of the Zader's Facts podcast. All right, y'all. Thank you all for listening. Remember. If you liked all the facts on this podcast, if you've liked all the facts we've had on all of our previous 60 episodes of the podcast, remember to follow the podcast, subscribe, whatever, download the podcast, download each episode of the podcast, and then you can undownload them after a day, and then you can re-download them, because you gotta boost the Zaner's Facts numbers up. Like, come on, people. 
and then write the podcast, review the podcast, five stars, all that nice stuff, whatever, you know, learn facts. And then go on all your socials. You got a Twitter, you got a Facebook, you got an Instagram, you probably got a TikTok because TikTok is, I don't even know. But Zader's Facts, check it out. Zader with a Z. Like, follow, heart, subscribe, whatever. And then, most importantly, tell all your friends, spread the facts. Xander's Facts Podcast. Tell everyone you know about the podcast. Make sure they download all the episodes and then undownload them the next day and then the next day re-download them and then do it in a cycle every day. Seriously? Remind yourself. Put a reminder in your phone to do it every single day. Xander's Facts Podcast. And remember, this episode, along with a couple of our previous episodes, is on YouTube because all of our new episodes are going to be put on YouTube. You can listen on YouTube now. Those come out Wednesday afternoon, usually, so if you're a late listener to the podcast, you can listen on YouTube with a nice background while you're watching, whatever, I don't even know. But go subscribe on YouTube, and then check out the link tree, Zaner's Facts link tree. It's got all the links you need, everything I just said, follow, download, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, whatever. All of that is on the Zaner's Facts link tree, all those links. Check it out, and that link is the final link on this episode's description, it's linktr.ee slash Facts. Check that out. And then finally, and I'll stop annoying you, sign up for Xander's Weekend Facts from Substack. Clicking the special link in this episode's description, you can add it to your email inbox so you get an email every time a new edition drops, which is every Sunday morning. It's free. All the top stories from the week, Xander's Facts. Check it out, Xander's Weekend Facts. That link is in the episode's description. It's also on the Xander's Facts link tree, which you also need to check out. Everything Xander's Facts, it's going to be incredible. We are back in two weeks on the podcast. Dr. Bobby is going to be back for sure. He's going to be on the podcast to talk about Ukraine. All that, you know, tons of developments over in Ukraine, some of them not so great. Some of them actually kind of decent. And we'll talk about all those with Dr. Bobby, our Ukraine war expert on the podcast on episode 61 in two weeks. So that is it. That is a wrap on episode 60 of the Zader Sfax podcast. Thank you all for listening. And we'll see y'all with episode 61 in two weeks. Whining.